Hey, what's up, everybody? Sean Aiton here, and welcome to the Tips from Crypt Podcast, your place for quick tips about pre-hospital emergency and critical care transport medicine. In this, the fourth episode of the Tips from Crypt Podcast, I've got 10 tips that I think will be really helpful as you get started out as a new flight or critical care transport provider. So if you're ready, I want to invite you to sit back, relax, plug in those headphones, and let's get started. So in the last episode of the Tips from Crypt podcast, I shared with you some tips on how to stand out during your interview as well as overcome interview anxiety. If you haven't listened to that podcast yet, I suggest that you go back and listen to it. In this episode, I'm going to be giving you 10 tips that I think are really helpful to help you transition into your role as a flight or critical care paramedic with your new employer. So tip number one, prepare to be uncomfortable and embrace it. This is a new company, new coworkers, new guidelines, new environment, new aircraft, the possible changes or the possible differences between what you were doing and what you're doing now are endless. You're going to be uncomfortable and you need to expect that and just embrace it. So when you do find yourself in an uncomfortable position, you will have already expected it and you're not going to be too thrown off your game by how you're feeling in this new situation. Okay, tip number two, don't overload your schedule. You really need to make time to focus your attention on the new job. It's very easy in EMS to take on multiple jobs and multiple obligations. We're all busy. We're all trying to make ends meet. But when you start a new job, you really do need to focus your attention and really learning the job well. Even if you've come from a, a critical care transport program in the past, every program is a little bit different, and you really do want to take your time to get used to the new program right from the beginning. Really put your best foot forward and really shine during your orientation process. Okay, tip number three, immediately focus on becoming part of the team. It's really easy to grab a textbook or grab your orientation manual, sit in a corner, but you also want to take time to sit, talk to your new coworkers, uh, and, and just develop some camaraderie there. Remember, so much of this job is just learning to work with other people. Remember what I talked about in episode three, an employer can teach you the job. What they can't do is teach you how to get along with people. And so that is a very big part of this job. So take the time to learn who your team members are, learn a little bit about them, and become part of the team. Tip number four, don't keep talking about your old job. Every team is different, and constantly talking about your old job doesn't help you to learn your role and your new position, and it just kind of annoys your partners, especially if it happens over and over again. So realize that your past experience is valuable. It's very important. It's gotten you to where you are today, but you are now transitioning into a new role with a new company, and you're moving forward. If there was something that you learned at your old job or there was something that you did in your old position or your old role at your old job that you think might benefit your new team, wait at least a year before you start suggesting changes. This is going to do a number of things for you. First of all, this is going to give you some time to really learn the new company and see if this idea would work in this unique environment. Secondly, this gives you some time to focus on learning your new role. You don't want to be spending time figuring out how to 
put forward this suggestion and detract from learning your new job. Even if you're through your orientation process, you're still going to be in a learning phase for about the next year to two years. It's going to take you that amount of time to really get comfortable with your role. So if you have one of these suggestions, at least wait until you're off orientation. I suggest that you wait for at least a year. This is also going to give you a time to establish some credibility with your new coworkers. What you don't want to do is come in uh, right out of the gate and start making suggestions based on what you did at your old job, and these people haven't even learned you yet. They haven't even developed an opinion about you, and that can potentially cause them to form an opinion about you that you may not want them to have. This also gives you some time to figure out if this idea really is better than what your company is currently doing. Okay, tip number five, ask for directions and be specific. At the beginning of your orientation, you're going to sit down with your preceptor and probably the training coordinator, and they're going to give you an orientation manual, and they're going to lay out for you exactly what is expected of you through the whole orientation process. You want to make sure that you really understand what is expected of you, not only through the whole process, but on a uh, quarterly basis, or if you're Orientation is going to be broken into phases. You also want to know what's expected of you during clinicals, what is expected of you on each shift, and also on each call. This way it's very clear what you should be doing, and you can make sure that you're meeting the objectives for that particular situation. Tip number six, ask for specific feedback. At the end of the call or at the end of the day, Make sure you're sitting down with your preceptor and you're getting feedback about how the day went and make sure that that feedback is specific. Don't accept a comment of, oh yeah, you did just fine or it it went well, I don't have any problems. You want to ask specifically, how did I do with my assessment? How did I do performing these skills? Did you like the way that I interacted with the patient or the patient's family? You need to get specific because the last thing you want to have happen is to go to one of your phase evaluation meetings and be blindsided by the comments your preceptor makes. Believe me, I went through this. I wasn't asking for specific feedback. And so when it came time for my bi-weekly meeting to see how I was progressing through the orientation process, the comments that I heard totally shocked me. I had no idea uh, that he felt the way he did. So make sure that you're getting specific feedback so that you know exactly where you are. If you're having a problem, you need to know exactly what that problem is. If you don't know what the problem is, then you cannot fix it. Once you've identified specifically what problems you're having, then you need to make your own action plan to correct those issues immediately. And I really suggest that you sit down with your preceptor, sit down with your training coordinator, and if there's anybody else that you feel comfortable sitting down with, share with them what's going on, and then come up with some action plans, some specific steps that you can take to correct those problems immediately. You must demonstrate to your team that you're working hard and that you're making progress. Otherwise, you're really going to struggle through the orientation process. Now, when you have these meetings, make sure they're written down and that your preceptor and you are both signing them. This way, neither one of you can come back at the end and say, I didn't know what was expected of me. I didn't know that I was having problems or I didn't know that my preceptor felt this way. You just want to make sure that you are very clear on what is expected of you and 
what steps you need to take to correct any problems you might be having during the orientation process. Remember, this is new. This is going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have a lot to learn. This is going to be challenging for you. So it's expected that you're going to have questions. So you just need to work through those situations. Okay, tip number seven. Don't be afraid of saying, I don't know. And for God's sakes, don't try to fake your way through a problem. Remember, you're working with a bunch of professionals, and if you try to fake your way through something, they're going to nail you to the floor. You're also going to lose a lot of credibility with them. You're going to have a very difficult time rebuilding that credibility with the team. So if you don't know something, ask. Say you don't know, and when the time is right, sit down with your preceptor or sit down with somebody you trust and work through the problem till you understand it. Now, this leads me right into tip number eight, and that is you want to use deliberate learning. What do I mean by deliberate learning? What you want to avoid is trying to perform and learn at the same time. Now, unfortunately, in this industry, that has kind of become the common practice. We're taught something in a call. Our preceptors are are telling us something within a call, and then we're trying to apply that immediately. What I suggest you do is you separate the learning phase from the application phase or from the practice phase. When it is time to practice, when you're on a call, when you're taking care of patients, do what you do best. That's the time that you are expected to perform without making errors. That is the time that you are expected to put your best foot forward and really give the best care possible. When you're not on a call, that is the time to learn. And that is the time when it is safe for you to make mistakes, learn from the mistakes, do things over and repeat them until you can perform them without making mistakes. I'm sure you've heard the saying that beginners practice until they get something right. Professionals practice something until they can't do it wrong. And that's the mentality you want. You want to be practicing when it's practice time until you can't do it wrong. And when it's time to perform, that's when you want to actually put your best foot forward and be performing at your optimum. Okay, tip number nine, and I just kind of alluded to this. You want to focus on what you do best, okay? When you're hired, if, you, if you're a paramedic and you get hired into the role of a flight or critical care paramedic, you got hired into that position because the company saw something in you that said, this person is skilled, they're knowledgeable enough, and they have the personality to work well with our team. So take advantage of that. Take the skills that you already have and then just learn to apply them initially in your new role. The medicine is pretty much the same, so don't get overwhelmed with learning the critical care side of things if you're a paramedic. Take your skills as a paramedic and apply those to the new environment. What you don't want to have happen is get so wrapped up in the critical care side of things that you fail to perform the skills of a paramedic at the highest possible level. So do what you do best. If you're a paramedic, be a paramedic 100% when you're on your calls, and when you're not on a call, that's the time to start learning those new skills of a critical care clinician. If you're a nurse, focus on being a nurse. Take the skills and the knowledge that you have and apply those to the call and allow your paramedic partner to take the lead when it is time to be out on a scene and managing a scene environment. That's where the paramedic thrives and you thrive in the ICU complement each other, help each other through the call, 
And when you're away from the clinical setting, that's the time to start closing the gap between the critical care knowledge that a nurse comes with and the scene management skills the paramedic comes with. And the last tip I have, tip number 10, is have fun, okay? Just remember, yes, this job is challenging and it's going to test your abilities as a clinician, but the people are some of the best in the industry, okay? They've got so much information, so much knowledge to share, but they also have lives outside of work. Learn a little bit about your partner and the people that you're going to be working with. Getting to know somebody a little bit on a personal level can go a long way in making this job a lot more enjoyable. That's all I have for this episode. I want to thank you for tuning in. I sure am having a lot of fun recording these episodes, and I sure hope you're enjoying them. I want to invite you to come on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. That way you'll never miss new episodes of the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like featured on the podcast, head on over to askflightcrit.com, and you can leave me a message right there from your smartphone or computer. Thanks so much, and remember, education is good, but excellence through collaboration is so much better. Fly safe and live well, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Tips from Crit podcast. Bye for now.